Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our eight-week study this season is titled, But God. Each of us has a story with many various elements. The one element that outshines them all is the entrance of Jesus Christ into our story. Here's Jacqueline. Are we ready for a study? We're going to get into scripture because that's why we're here. We're going to talk about the two words, but God. But God. And sometimes we say those words with a question mark, don't we? (sighs) Confession hour. Have you ever said the two words, but God, with a question mark? We're going to learn how to say those two words with an exclamation mark. With confidence, with strength, with power, with surety of who our God is. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it by seeing our story. And if I can delicately say, I know you have a story. I know you have a story because you're alive today. There is not one person that is exempt from having a story. So I don't want you to be there in your story. Because sometimes when we instantly think of our story, we instantly go there. One emotion or another washes over us. And that quickly, as adult women with our appearance sitting here, our inside is shriveled up. Our inside gets curled up. You picture your inside under your blanket, on your bed, in the corner of your couch, in the corner of a kitchen floor. Our emotions wash over us when we hear the word story. My prayer is as we go through these next eight weeks, as we look at the two words, but God, that that emotion, that feeling that washes over us when we think of our story is replaced with the power and the surety and the confidence that comes with the words, but God. And we'll remember what those emotions felt like without feeling those emotions. Do you see the difference? No longer will those emotions wash over us, but instead we'll stand in the confidence and the power of God. We'll remember those emotions because we need to remember those emotions. If we did not remember those emotions, how can you connect with another human being? God is a God of emotion. We were created in the image of God. Emotion is not bad. Emotion is how we connect to one another. So if we completely erase our emotions, erase our past, erase our story, and then we talk to a new girl who's in her emotions, in her story, how can we say, I understand? But before we can say the words, I understand, we have to, therefore, in fact, understand which means we have to look at our story. And I don't know if you are the girl in this room whose story is inside of a Pandora's box. I used that phrase with my husband the other day and he looked at me blank. (laughs) Pretty sure most of us women know what that means, that our story is inside of a Pandora's box. It's locked, it's buried, it's hidden. It has not been touched, spoken of, dealt with for a couple of seasons couple of years, couple of decades. I don't know if you're the one whose story is in a Pandora's box. If it is, can I ask you to keep it there for right now? 
We are here as women inseparable. And one thing we always say is we are here as we are where we are. We don't put on pretenses here, do we? We like to be real. We don't want to put on our Christian girl Bible study outfit. That's no fun for anyone. We're here as we are, where we are. Be where you are. Because that's exactly where God is meeting you. Isn't that beautiful? God meets you exactly where you are. So why would we want anybody else to meet us in any other place? Be real with yourself. Let's get to know our story. Let's get to see our story through the lens of but God. Sound good? We're going to read one small passage of scripture, Genesis chapter 50. And we're going to start with verse 15. Genesis chapter 50. If you have your study guide, there is a page in there every week of notes. There's a page for, we do not do homework in Women Inseparable. But we do have personal challenges. And every challenge is so different for every person because we go through scripture. And when we go through scripture, the Holy Spirit says, hey, did you hear that? (laughs) When you hear that, that's your homework. I don't need to know what your homework is. Nobody else needs to know what your homework is unless you want to tell somebody, hey, this is my homework. It's awful. You want to join me? (laughs) Then you have a good Bible study partner throughout the week. But your homework is whatever it is the Lord lays on your heart and take that as a personal challenge. So there'll be a page each week in our study guide that goes over a question for you to talk about, think about during the week. If you want to do it, If you don't want to, don't do it. Some of us love homework, scripture homework. I love scripture homework. I love studying scripture. I love reading scripture. I love writing my thoughts as I read scripture. That's just who I am. I enjoy that. My oldest sister, I always use her as my example. She and I are this same person in so many ways, except for when it comes to words. We are night and day with words. She hates writing anything down ever, never, ever, never. She cleaned out her closet because she's moving to Florida, and she sent me a box of clothes, this being one of them. And a box in the mail full of clothes came with a card, and I got so excited, I opened the card, and she's like, enjoy, Sherilyn. (laughs) I am a lover of words. My sister, not so much. So she does the study guide. She's part of our online group and whatever. So if you're Sherilyn, be Sherilyn. Don't touch it. Don't write anything. But if you do want to write it down, use that. Use that as a personal time with the Lord. On the back side of each homework or each week in the study guide, you'll see a, a plain page that just says notes. You can use that as we read scripture together. If there's anything that you, any questions you have, any answers you have, any scripture that comes to mind while we're reading scripture, write that scripture down. That's the Lord talking to you. That you remembering a past study that you did, a sword that you need to hold on to. So use that page however you want. Doodle, draw. Just don't do a grocery list while we're studying scripture. That's my one request. Be here, be present. All right, Genesis chapter 50. I think many of us, um, when we hear the words, but God, and we think we're going to study scripture, I'm curious how many of us thought of this story when you hear the words, but God. I wonder how many of us thought of Joseph and the, the famous statement 
that we had. So we're going to start there and we're going to read it again with brand new eyes. Can we do that? Here's what it says. Genesis chapter 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, quote, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So powerful words. If you don't know the story of Joseph and you don't know all the evil that his brothers did to him, write the words Genesis 37. There's your chapter that's going to tell you what Joseph's brothers did to Joseph and the evil that they're worried is going to come back upon them. Genesis chapter 37. Great little personal study there. Verse 16. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, quote, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, the brother said, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, he says in verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God. But God meant it. There's that one small little word I pray that we focus on today. He says, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive, just as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you. I will provide for your little ones. Then he comforted them. And then he spoke kindly to them. Heavenly Father, oh Lord God, how good you are. I thank you so much for being our God. I thank you so much for what you have created and what you've called good. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll help us to open our eyes to the good, the good of who you are, the good of your creation the good of your purpose, the good of your plan, and the good of life. Heavenly Father, how good you are. I pray that you'll open our eyes to something brand new today. I pray that you'll strengthen us. I pray that you will, in fact, meet us where we are as we are. Lord, we have our story, and our story sits with us. Our story walks with us. Our story is in our mind, in our heart, in our person at all times. Our story affects those around us so immensely. I pray, Lord, that you will grab our story and that you'll meet us where we are in our memories of our story. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll please so sweetly grow us. Grow us, comfort us, strengthen us, and open our eyes to see our story in the eyes of but God. Help us to stand with Joseph and declare that you meant it for good. Help us to see that. I pray, Lord God, that you'll be with me this morning as I read your scripture. I pray that my words will be your words, that my, my voice will be your voice. I pray your hand of protection over me as I speak. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Genesis 50. Powerful, powerful story. 
we're not going to stay in that passage because sometimes when we study one scripture, I go to other scriptures. Not intentionally. It's something that the Lord has fun doing. Like, let's go somewhere else. Okay, perfect. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. Why not? Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Verse 1. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When we looked at Genesis 50, and Joseph declares the words to his brothers who caused such immense evil, such immense evil, same level of evil that we see in the story of Cain and Abel, that level of evil, that level of hatred, that level of I want you to die that we saw with Cain and Abel, that we see with Joseph and his brothers. And Joseph stands there and Joseph declares, God meant it for good. So many times I think we hear this story, we think of this story, and we think of the evil that the brothers cast upon Joseph, and we think that evil, God meant that evil for good, as if God had an intention for that evil, as if God put that evil in the, in the brothers of Joseph to declare this upon Joseph, but God meant it for good. I have a hard time with that because it does not match my God. We sit here with our stories, and I have a feeling some of us could stand here today and say somebody by name caused evil by name in my life. Anybody in this room can say that? And we hear this story, and we hear Joseph's declaration, and we think we need to be as strong as Joseph, and we have to say that that person who did that evil in my life, God meant that for good. Something's not right there. Because I could stand with my story, and I will say this, and a lot of my girls that are part of Women Inseparable know I don't talk about Jacqueline. I always say, you'll get to know me as we teach, and I never talk about myself. I don't enjoy, I have a story, I don't enjoy talking about it. Scripture is so full, I'd rather focus on Scripture. But we're doing a study on stories. And God's been laying on my heart so deeply, tell your story, tell your story. I don't know what part of my story God's going to use over these next eight weeks, but let God do what God needs to do. There was a man in my life that caused evil in my life. This man was married to my mother. He's still married to my mother. They've been married since I was eight years old. When I was eight, my life pretty much came to an end. I was pulled out of school. I was kept at home, and I was abused by my mother's husband until I was 16 and I told him I was going to kill him, you know, because a 16-year-old girl can kill a grown man. But it scared him enough because that's the type of person that hurts children. And I think of Joseph and I think of how strong Joseph was that looks at his brothers and say, I know you did evil in my life, but God meant that evil for good. There's a different meaning going on there because Jesus says in Matthew that there's going to be a millstone hung around the neck of somebody who hurts a child. How does that scripture from Jesus match the words of Joseph? If God indeed you wants that evil. Does that make sense? It doesn't match. So my question is when we look at Genesis 50, what is that word it? What is that word it? Is that word it, in fact, the evil that is deeply rooted in the brothers, deeply rooted in the life of man? Is that what God has intended for good? I declare it's not. 
Is that fair? I think there's something else. And I think what something else is, is found in Genesis 1, verse 1. I think this is what it is. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Think about that. The power of our God, who always was, who always is, and who always will be, created from the very voice the heavens. And he created the earth. And then he said one word about it. Day after day after day. For six days he created with the power of his voice. And every day he created, he said one word. What did he say? Good. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. And then he created man. He created man in his own image, and he declared it is very good. And we hear Joseph say, I know you meant evil upon me, but God meant it for good. God wanted to use it so that many people can be saved. I don't think that it has anything to do with the evil. We know Romans 8.28, and I know we've got Romans 8.28, that God works all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his mercy. God uses that evil, and he turns it around in our lives so we can be stronger, and we can be bolder, and we can be alive, and we can say, I know what you're going through, because God's so good. And we testify. But God turns that evil around, but God doesn't want that evil to happen. He's not the designer of evil. He's the creator of good. And he calls all things good. And he created man in the image of God, and he called it very good. That is what God intends for good. Man has evil in him, but man also has good in him. And it's the good that God wants to duplicate, to grow. So we see in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And continue reading. I encourage you this week, read Genesis chapter 1. See the good that God created. Read Genesis chapter 2. See the good that God created. And then go into Genesis 3. And in Genesis 3, we see a shift happen, don't we? And we're not going to do a big, deep dive into the book of Genesis and do a study on the fall of man or the shift that happens. But we know that something happened because we know that we're not always good. And that people in our story were not always good. So something from point A to point today, something happened. Because we don't live in the world that God created. Could you imagine living in that world? You ever sit and think about that? 100% good. The relationship between man and wife, 100% good. (laughs) Do you want to sit in that thought for a minute? The relationship between man and animal, 100% good. Think about that. Man and work, his toil of the ground was 100% good. Anybody married to a man who complains about work? (laughs) Anyone? It was 100% good. The the woman's body was 100% good. (laughs) And we sit in that thought on a monthly basis. 
<laughs> God created all things good, and then a shift happens. The shift happened next to the tree, the tree that is called the knowledge of good and evil. And I love the relationship between God and man and how good it was that God did not put a barrier around that tree. He did not put an electric fence around that tree. He said a word to his creation and trusted his creation to trust him. That's a good relationship. When you can speak to one another and trust one another by your word, it was 100% good. That's what God created. And then the consumption. And then the curse. And then in the curse, a man was born. The very first human born. Born in the image of God. Correct? But born with the seed of evil. Heartbreaking, isn't it? And then another man was born. Born in the image of God. With a seed of evil. Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 is where we meet Cain and Abel. And their story is so impactful and so immense and so short. How I have so many questions. So many questions of the details of these stories. But we meet Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. And we see that Cain was born and we see that Abel was born. We see that Cain was the worker of the ground and that Abel was a keeper of sheep. And we see that they lived the same life, created in the image of God, born with a seed of evil. We see they have the same parents, they have the same surrounding, they have the same life. And then we see where their difference sits. Verse 4, it says, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. And Cain fell on his face. And the Lord said to Cain, and I love that little sentence, the relationship that the Lord had with Cain. There was a relationship that the Lord had with Cain. Think about that. Abel and the Lord had a relationship. Cain and the Lord had a relationship. They were living the same, same existence. God was just as much part of Abel's life as he was of Cain's life. But something was very, very different between Abel and Cain. And it's not shown in their offering of the substance of their offering. One brought fruit and one brought meat. But let us not think about with the substance of the offering. Let's think about the heart. And this is where we see that. He says, the Lord said to Cain in verse 6, Why are you angry and why has your face fallen? When somebody gets that angry that quickly after giving a gift to the Lord, something was wrong before he gave the gift to the Lord. There was a heart issue there. It had nothing to do with the substance of his offering. There was a heart issue there that Abel did not have, Cain had. And God talks to Cain directly and says, why has your face fallen? Why has your countenance crashed? Interesting. Interesting that when evil overtakes us, it's seen on our face. Have you ever seen that in your own reflection? <laughs> look in the mirror and smile. Look in the mirror and smile. Look in 
our face falls. Why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, the Lord says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? This terminology is talking still about your countenance. If you do well, if you do good, isn't your countenance going to show that? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do, not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Think of Joseph. Think of Joseph's brothers and the evil that Joseph's brothers meant upon him. It's the same thing that's happening in the heart of Cain. May I delicately say, think of that person in your story. Think of the evil that that person wanted to bring upon your life. Think of that person who did bring evil in your life and think of this truth right here because this truth is humanity. It's not what God created. It's what humanity became. It's that seed of evil. You and I and Cain and Joseph's brothers and my mother's husband and that person that doesn't even want to come into your brain but that person was born in the image of God with the seed of evil. And every single one of us and every single one of the people in this story and even that person that's married to my mother was born in the image of God. He was born with a plan and a purpose to serve God Almighty to live for him, to give offering to him, to give his all to his creator. Every single one of us, every single one of them, the evildoers, were created with a purpose and a plan. He would, they were created to do it for God's glory. And just with the warning that God gives Cain right here, we can see very evidently in Joseph's brothers, in these people in our life, that they made the same choice Cain made, and we got affected by it. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Will your countenance not show it? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire, its desire, that evil desire is contrary to you. That phrase is fascinating to me. God is talking to Cain, who is created in the image of God, who was born with a seed of evil. And he says that desire, that seed of evil is contrary to you, which means that seed of evil that was born inside of you is opposite. It's the complete opposite direction of the creation that I have created you to be in my image. So either you're going to face this way and you're going to live in the good that I've created you to be, or you're going to completely turn around and you're going to welcome in that sin from the seed of evil. And you're going to go this way. It's one or the other. It's not both. And it's the same thing that could be said to Abel, but Abel was so here Still born with the seed of evil, keep in mind. But Abel was so here that the seed of evil brought no sin into his life. Wrap your head around that. So are you saying Abel was sinless? No, he had the seed of evil in him that calls him a sinner, that calls him in need of the salvation of Jesus Christ, which is what the whole Bible is about. 
but he kept his eyes on God. And he knew that God's eyes were on him. And he walked in that relationship of purity and of love. And he kept that seed of evil at hand. Do you see the difference? Where Cain was like, seed of evil, bring it. And even in his honesty and even in his relationship, this is fascinating to me. Even in his relationship with the Lord, he let sin overtake him and let evil be his fruit. That man married to my mother is a Christian. That man married to my mother was a, an Awana, if you know Awana Boys and Girls Club. He was the director of the Awana program at my uncle's church. I was raised going to church with everybody knowing my mother's husband and elevating him. My whole childhood, from, well, from 8 to 16. And everybody thought we were the perfect family. Glass box. The man was a Christian. Born in the image of God. Born with the seed of evil. And the same words that God said to Cain could be said to that man. Sin is crouching at your door. What are you going to do about it? You have a choice. He had a choice. That person in your story, sweet friend, had a choice. That wasn't your choice. Can I say that? It wasn't your fault. You didn't choose that. At eight, I did not say, give me evil. I didn't say that. I would never say that. Nobody asks for evil. But there's always somebody that is born in the image of God. It breaks my heart. Breaks my heart for the evildoers. They don't know who they are. They have no idea the purpose and the plan and the good that sits in them. The good sits in them and they have no idea. It breaks my heart. It's devastating to me. That seed of evil. Sin is crouching at the door, and that desire for evil is contrary to you. It's the opposite of the good that you are. And then God gives this to Cain. He says, but you, Cain, must rule over it. You are created to be good, but your countenance is evil. That seed of evil is in you, but you must rule over it, which means, sweet friend, you can rule over it. And we sit here as good girls. Not perfect. I'm not saying we're perfect and sinless, but we're good. We're choosing that good, that creation of who we are as the daughter of God Almighty. And we've chosen to live a life to rule over that seed of evil. And you're like, it's not easy. Nope. God did not say it's going to be easy. Evil is hard. Sin is always present. But we can and we need to rule over it. We have to. Cain did not. Next sentence says, Cain talked to his brother. Oh, good. They're having dialogue. Not really. Cain killed his brother. God told him, your countenance is showing that you're choosing evil instead of good. 
You have got to get control of that evil. You have to rule over it because I have created you in my image. I have created you to be good and that evil is contrary to you. Rule over it. And Cain said, no. Joseph's brothers said no. My mother's husband said no. They're still married today. They're still married today, and I have zero relationship with my mom because she doesn't want me in her life. Me being in her life causes too much heartache because I remind her, she told me, you remind me of things that may have happened. I was told that when my baby was born on the phone. So I asked her, well, what about my son? And she says, he doesn't exist to me. Evil is always there. I don't know what your story is. I don't know. But can I tell you right now that that person that has evil in their heart toward you is not about you. That's their struggle. That's their battle. That's them choosing to not see their creation, to not choose the good that God has created them to be, but they are choosing the seed of evil. They're making that choice. They are making that choice, not you. You have to separate yourself from that. That's what Joseph does. In Genesis chapter 50, he looks at his brothers and he knows this truth. He says, you meant it for evil. You had the seed of evil in you and you chose that. But God meant this, my life, my creation. He meant it for good. He meant it for good. And he's going to use it for many people to get saved. And what did God do through the life of Joseph? so much. Joseph could have sat there. Could he not have sat there in the pit, in prison, in every single situation that we see throughout his story? He could have sat in it and he could have focused on that person. Oh, my brothers. Oh, that woman. Oh, that man. And he could have sat in it and his story could have been about them and his story could have been about that evil. But Joseph didn't do that. He didn't do that. He may have in that pit asked, but God, he may have. I had a professor in college say once as we were studying Job, he says, it's not wrong to ask the question, why? Ask God why. There's nothing wrong with asking God why. It gets wrong when you demand an answer from God. Because then you're no longer trusting God. You're now demanding an answer. You want to see the whole plan? Who are you? God? Your job is to be in that 100% good relationship with God and trust him. Trust him. Trust. He trusts you, did he not? He gave you the gift of salvation. Sweet friend, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? He's trusting you with the blood of his Son with the resurrection, with the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's trusting you with. 
He's trusting you with the creation that he created you to be. He created you in the image of God. You, as you are, where you are, created in the image of God. Born with a seed of evil. What have you chosen? May we see our story starting today with that truth. Be careful how deeply you go into your story. Sometimes when we go into our story, we're going to dive in. And it hurts and it's hard. Don't go faster than God. But look at your story. Look at it through the eyes of Joseph. See the lesson that God told Cain. That Cain said no. Joseph's brother said no. But Abel said yes. Joseph said yes. You said yes. Hold on to that. Don't let the no ruin your yes. Does that make sense? I want to read just a few verses and then I'm done. Yep, Romans. Romans chapter 8. I just want to read a few verses. I'm going to read these verses and let the Lord say what the Lord wants to say upon your heart. I pray that you listen. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. These words are spoken after Jesus Christ has risen again, after Jesus Christ rose again, returned again to heaven, sitting on the right hand of the throne of God, right back where he belonged, right back home by his father. Paul pens these words. He says, so then, brothers, we can enter sisters. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. If I can read that one more time. Romans 8, 14. For all, for you, who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God of God. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for scripture. I thank you so much for writing it down, for gifting us with the word of God as the sweetest gift, something that we get to run to and hold to and think about and read every day, all day. You bring to mind things that we read. You let us sit with your written word anytime we want to. We thank you so much for scripture. We thank you that it's so alive, so applicable, so real, so relatable, and so very much about the truth of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray that if there's anyone listening today that does not know Jesus as their personal Savior, that today will be their day of salvation. I pray that their heart will believe that you have sent your Son to be the Savior of the world. I pray that with their mouth they will declare that they believe that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, that he is resurrected from the dead, that he is the one and only way to heaven. Oh, Father God, I pray salvation is today upon that heart that is in need of you. I pray for those of us that are thinking about, that are remembering the evil that was brought into our life because of a person Father God, I pray that you'll help us to shift our story away from the person 
and onto you. Lord God, that person is not my story. And I thank you so much that he's not my story. I thank you that my story is Jesus Christ. Oh, how good you are. I thank you for freedom. I thank you for newness. I thank you for creating us in the image of God. I pray that you'll help us to walk in that, to stand in that, to sit in that, and to rejoice forevermore that we are, in fact, the daughter of God. I pray that you'll go before us, wrap your arms around us, hold us immensely as you always do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.